Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Daily Sales Show by Sell Better. We are so glad that you are here joining us today. If it's your first time, welcome in. If it's not your first time, welcome back. We also make this a podcast so you can check us out wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Go ahead and change your chat settings to everyone instead of just hosts and panelists so we can all see all the lovely things you have to share. Today, we're talking about techniques for asking discovery questions confidently. And I am so excited that you guys are here with us today because Charles is joining us. Charles? Hello, everyone. I like the double hand. Like, that's me. I'm the double handed waver. You had a great wave. I need to practice mine. Um, Charles has a phenomenal course. Actually, before I move forward, um, it's about effective discovery. So you're getting a sneak peek today. We have a special discount code for you. So we're going to link his course in the chat so that you guys can check that out. But there's also a special secret discount code that's LFG25. Oh, stuck in the chat. So if you're if you're looking to double down on your discovery this year, that's the place for you. While we are here, I would love to see who's in the room. Uh, Maria, do you mind pulling up that poll for me? Who's in the room? While we thank our fabulous partners. Huge shout out to both Exactly and Aligned. Exactly is an awesome platform. It's actually put together by a salesperson. So you know it's going to be exactly what you need. I didn't plan that, but it was so good. Um, and then Aligned is an awesome place to onboard. We use it for customer success here. Um, it's rooms that you can help um, align. Oh my gosh, I'm just on fire today. Uh, your prospect and your shared goals and interests. So check those out. You'll see a demo of Aligned in the chat. But if you want to check out what else is coming up on the Sell Better show, we do this every single day. You can check out sellbetter.xyz or scan the QR code on your screen. Let's talk about today. Charles, you're here. We're chatting about discovery questions question formulation, which I am like so interested in the psychology behind this. So I can't wait to ask you some of those questions, ways that you can ask those difficult questions effortlessly, and then how to be confidently direct with your questions. I love it. Um, I want to start, well, let's see who's in the room first. Let's take a look. Ooh, a lot of AEs. Good to hear. Um, A lot of SDRs. Beautiful. So glad that you're all here joining us. Charles, when you and I were chatting before, you said something to me that I thought was so powerful. And it was when we're talking about this like formulation of the questions and the way that we're presenting or we're asking the questions to our prospects. Why do you think that's such like a crucial or important skill for salespeople? Great question. And part of me, because I'm getting over a dry cough, everybody. So I apologize if I'm coughing in between. Um, it's a, such an important skill because, um, the way I think about it is to be as disarming as we possibly can be, because, uh, when we are disarming, uh, I find that prospects really kind of let loose or let go of the resistance or kind of the skepticism they have around what your quote unquote agenda might be as a sales professional. Um, and I find that 
one of the one of my I guess my my favorite examples is you know the the way you have a relationship or the way you communicate with one of your closest friends. With for me, with one, any one of my closest friends, I feel like I can tell them anything. I can call them anytime. We could talk about anything that's going on in our lives. And the reason is because uh, th- they know that I'm not kind of like looking anything for anything from them. I don't have a quote unquote agenda. And so whenever you have that with somebody that you really don't have an agenda, we'll talk more about that, then they'll just open up because there's no harm and no foul. Nothing bad can happen. Um, there's no fear of getting a no. Um, and so that's how I think about question formulations that they are designed in order to be disarming, so that as account executives, we can get to the truth as early as possible, uh, save ourselves time, as well as help turn opportunities around that may not have had that opportunity without being disarming. Yeah, you said get to the truth as early as possible. And it's funny, like, you think that that would be such an easy thing to do, right? We're all, (laughs) everyone in the room can agree. It's like you never always, or never always, you never get that, like, the, the true story up front. You're getting an objection and maybe it's not the full picture. You're not getting... Um, the real objection, you're just hearing this kind of shielded wall that we put around ourselves as a buyer because we do think like you're after our wallet, right? Salespeople. Right. And, uh, you know, it's no, it's no secret that uh, when we're speaking to prospects, they, they know we're sales professionals. Uh, yeah. So the way I would think about it is that we're not uh, similar to what you mentioned, Leslie. We're not, I'm not after your wallet but I am after the truth. And if you want to talk more, great. If you don't, that's also great. You won't be the first. You won't be the last, I promise you. Um, And that opens people up. Yeah, I like it. Okay, I want to bring up, if you don't mind, these are some of the ways that you shared uh, that you're disarming. Can you run us through either your favorites? We could go through all of them, give us some examples. Yeah, uh, you're welcome to interrupt me, Leslie, by the way, as I go through this. Sounds so good. I'm going to go through these a bit out of, out of order. <clears throat> First off, I think uh, item number seven is very underrated. Um, I think everyone on the call is familiar with like obviously going for the no from a prospect. So if I want them to feel safe, I might say something along the lines of, you know, typically from here, the next step is to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, that's been my experience. Do you think that's like the worst idea you've heard today or something along those lines to go for the no, but it's not just about going for the no. You also want to make sure that you are continuously reminding prospects to invite them to tell you no, and you're not afraid of it. Prospects have to be reminded consistently that it is okay if they tell you no, because they forget and they also don't trust that you mean it. Um, So that's very underrated and that's part of item number seven. So um, humbling disclaimers that comes directly, I wish I created it, uh, comes directly, that term comes directly from one of my favorite books called Question-Based Selling. Um, and I use that all the time. It is a form of sharing your insecurity about asking a question with your prospects so that they are inclined to help you. It's, uh, it's pure psychology. Uh, and so if I pick an example I might the, of what that might sound like, I'd say, yeah, Leslie, I, I appreciate what you've been sharing. Um, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly how to ask this question. It might sound a bit out of bounds, but when you say X, Y, Z is an issue, 
I'm curious why you feel that's an issue. Hope that's okay to ask. Right. So that's something that's very disarming. And you'll find that prospects will say something along the lines of, oh, Leslie, don't, you know, it's fine. Like, don't worry about it. It's like they're coming in to rescue you. Like, oh, it's okay. Like, yeah, that's a great question. That's exactly it. And they'll, they start leaning in more as opposed to being pushed away mm. by how you come across. Uh, falling on your sword um, is, uh, it, it's not a humbling disclaimer, but it's more um, embracing self, um, being self, um, kind of making fun of yourself, um, self-deprecating is what a, the word I'm looking for, I believe, um, where you ask a crazy, crazy question and say, hey, Leslie, I guess, I know it's been a while since we spoke, but do you remember why you didn't, you decided why you, you didn't want to work together with us last time we spoke or... Uh, is my information like totally off there? Like your ending questions like, or is that way off? Or did I miss the mark? Or am I totally crazy there? Um, you can even use it. I have millions of examples. So you're welcome to interrupt me at any point. But I might say, Leslie, it sounds like you're not really jumping for joy over this conversation or I, or call me crazy there. Right? So No, again, they like rush in. It's almost... Uh, it. It's like any self-deprecating humor, right? Where they're coming to save you and it's changing the scope of your relationship. Exactly. Again, it's always coming across as disarming or another word is just being completely harmless. Mm -hmm. I'm completely harmless. And so people will lean in and want to tell me the truth. And actually, the best thing about this is they will be the ones to suggest next steps instead of me. Interesting. Why do you think that is? Because they, they, their guard is down. Um, they're leaning in. They tend to want to speak to you more when you are disarming, mm-hmm. and therefore will propose the next steps. So they begin to, of course, do the work for you uh, and start selling themselves. Uh, that has a lot to do again with number seven, where you're disqualifying, always inviting the no. So that they're leaning in and beginning to sell you on the idea. Or, of course, if they're not a fit, that's fantastic. Then you save yourselves time. Um, so the, there's no, the beauty about all these different ingredients, if you will, is that you, they, none of them hurt. You can't lose ever by any of these ingredients. It's just impossible. Um, that goes into ingredient number three. By the way, like I say ingredients because... These are the ingredients to effective discovery, but as a sales professional, and there are 162 folks or so on this uh, on this call, um, and everybody has to use these ingredients. You are the chefs, right? I'm providing the best ingredients. You are the chefs in terms of how to mix them, how to create your own dish, if you will, because each one of you has your own voice and your own personality, um, and you can't, I won't ask these questions the same way you will. Many of you are probably a lot funnier than I am. Um, so uh, it will come across differently. So these are the ingredients that you have to make your own. Uh, in terms of number three, always give an opt-out uh, or looking for trouble. Um, that is some, that might sound, just given ex- as an example, something su- sounds something along the lines of, um, great, so you know, typically from here, these would be the next steps or these would be the one of two camps, if you will, where people are usually at after this call, either they say, Charles, thanks, but this conversation was just like not a good use of our time. This is never a fit, but thank you. Or uh, they might say, this is compelling enough to speak further. Um, where would you say you're at? You're, of course, it's okay if you're in the first camp. 
right? It's an example of an opt-out, uh, kind of uh, similar to your inviting a no, right? You can see there's a level of overlap with all these because yeah. they can all be used together. Uh, none of these are mutually exclusive. Um, number four is one of my favorites, if, especially if I'm really afraid, like genuinely afraid to ask something weird, I will ask, <laughs> pardon me, Leslie, would it be, do I have your permission to ask you maybe a bit of a direct question or would it be okay if I asked you maybe a question that might across, come across as out of bounds? Something along those lines. Prospects don't say no, right? <laughs> yeah, now they're interested. They don't say no to that. They just don't. Um, I've never experienced someone saying no. Um, in fact, the only thing I've experienced, and this should be the worst case scenario, is someone says to me, Charles, it's okay, you don't have to ask me permission. And then, wow, like that level of insecurity that I might may have had about asking that question just drops. And now I don't have to do that anymore. And I can just ask direct questions because they gave me permission to do so. And so the quality of the conversation now increases significantly. Yeah. Um, if I look at, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Leslie. No, I think like that leads me to, I, I'm curious from the audience perspective, like where this is all anonymous and so no one will see your name attached to it. But like, where do you feel with your confidence level in terms of the discovery call, discovery questions when you're like digging in? Um, because I think that that gives you, it's this ability to kind of let the prospect feel the relationship in a different way you're showing up um you it's not like subservient or weak by any means none of the examples you're giving but it kind of has like it's a shield for you and it's a shield for them I, and it's I, I mean it's hard for me to explain is that that's purposeful yes all with this is all completely psychology yeah, it's completely intentional. I'll give a, a, an example. Um, uh, an, an account executive that I work with told me today, about an hour ago, um, his prospect told him, listen, you know, uh, this looks interesting. I'd love to evaluate and do some sort of trial. Not everybody, of course, offers trials. And I mean, let's talk in a month. Okay, so the, the AE, for some reason, didn't feel that, you know, felt like something was a little iffy. So he said, Hey, by the way, not a problem. We could do this in a month. By the way, if you if you truly feel this is not for you, you're welcome to tell me no now and we can totally part ways. It's totally okay. It happens all the time. And the prospect came back with, no, no, I, I really do want to try it. And then he kind of changed his mind. He said, you know what? Why, why don't we do this next week and I'll have two more people on the call? Like it doesn't, it just, it doesn't, it can't hurt you. Or you'll get to the truth. Right. You might say, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's just, it's so liberating and it makes your job more fun. Forget about the prospect. You feel better. Yeah. On ball. You're not like hiding this awkwardness. That you There's know no you elephant in the room we're not talking about. I, exactly. I also like the choices because it's like you can't refute your own words. So once they, they say it out loud, you're giving them those two options or you're giving them the opt out or you're looking for trouble. Once I've said that out loud as your prospect, as your buyer, it's in the universe. Right? <laughs> like you're you're less likely to to go back on that later on in the in the sales cycle in the process. Yeah. I mean, could you go back on it? Sure. Yeah, sure. I have no idea what my prospect is gonna say. I just have no clue. And I just have no clue what whether they're gonna they might change their mind. That's okay. I can't control it. But what I can control 
is how I come across. And this is all about the approach, right? I can control my approach. Yeah. Find that prospects really appreciate up an approach that's that's thoughtful, um, that's patient, and that's harmless. They're not used to that. They're really not used to this type of uh, these type of ingredients, if you will. Yeah, it's something that stands out. It's different than what they're experiencing. It's kind of a pattern interrupt, if you will. Yeah. I think David asked a good question. Um, he wants to know your thoughts on MedPick. Hmm, I love MedPick. I think MedPick is great. I think what um, I, I might I might be making this up, but I think the misconception or maybe the challenge that salespeople might have with MedPick is they MedPick comes across right comes across at face value as like a, a rigidity, if that's a word. It's like rigid. So therefore, it might impose the AE to think that way. But no, not at all. So if, uh, and, you know, one of them, one of one of the items on MedPick is metrics. So um, sometimes process depends what you're selling. It's like a weird question. I find that's very, that's one of the toughest questions to ask about metrics. Um, especially if it's related to like a negative impact. So we'll talk about we'll talk about how I might formulate this in a second. But using any one of these ingredients that we talked about, I might I might say uh, I sh- one of them is sharing the transparency of my experience. I might say, David, you know, just to give you some context, a bit of my firm for uh, about two years now. Uh, admittedly, one of the toughest things I find to to kind of understand from prospective clients is what impacts they feel they have uh, negative to the business. I recognize sometimes it could be a bit of an awkward question, so I'm not really sure exactly how to ask it. But sometimes they don't necessarily have some sort of number of how this is, has aff- this how this issue has affected them either from a revenue perspective or uh, profit margin. I hear a number of different responses. It really runs the gamut, and I'm curious, you know, how you guys think about it. Right, it's a very soft approach. I used maybe four of those ingredients. <laughs> yeah, in that question, and it gets them to think, as opposed to a rigid question. What, 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 what might be some of the negative impacts you guys feel from a metric standpoint uh, with regard to revenue if you don't solve for this? That's just we. It's like I don't talk that way. I don't talk that way. I personally don't talk that way. And if I don't talk that way to people in my real life, I don't want to talk to people that way on the phone. It's just, that's not who I am. I don't want to be that person. I want to be me. And if I want to ask a question the way I want to ask it, that makes me feel comfortable and liberated and encourages thought, right? I say this all the time, good discovery make makes your prospects think. I have now asked my metrics question in MedPick. So it's all about doing it the right way without feeling rigid. I think like this is such a huge point because and back me up in the chat, give me like a yes or a one or a thumbs up or whatever works for you. But I felt for a long time that I had to show up. My voice had to show up in this like ultra professional. Here's like my box. And I think when we're talking about a really stringent, like a med pick or medic or whatever it is, like it's like, here's my box and I have to ask these questions this way. We can still get to the same answers and outcomes by following something that's more true to us and more true to our voice. Yeah. Like, have you ever felt that way where you're like, okay, well, this is work. So I have to show up with my 
you know, my briefcase and my professional voice. And yeah, I used to feel that. I used to feel that way. Yeah, me too. So I, until I realized I wasn't selling anything. Right, right. Thank you. I was like, this something, something is wrong with what I'm doing. And I just had to let go. I really let go. Um, Tom just mentioned being human first. It may sound like cheesy, but this stuff works. And if I don't know how to, I actually just trained in this. <laughs> It's actually pretty funny. There's an AEA I used to work with who actually had fears asking about like money or bringing it up. Yeah. So I said, what? I said, I asked him, have you ever told your prospect that? He's like, what do you mean? Told them that I'm afraid to ask about money? Yeah. Have you ever shared that with them? No. I'm like, so why don't we work on a question formulation and say something like, hey, Bob, I, I, I will talk about some of these languages, uh, phraseologies uh, as we speak here, Leslie. That we prepared for, but he went. He formulated a question that say, "Bob, I, I always part of me because I always prefer to be more accurate and optimistic. And as a as a kid, uh, if I may, I was always like not to ask, told to not told or taught to ask about money. But would it be okay if I asked you kind of how this matches your budget, if at all? It's just a a very harmless way of asking. A lot of prospects laugh actually. Yeah. Um, so uh, of course, I didn't do it in the exact way. That he did it, but he uses all the ingredients and he feels so good asking this question and he gets the answer, the real answer. I really want to share that. And we I have it on the screen here, slightly different variation, but I really love what you say here. I always prefer to be more accurate than optimistic. And yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Leslie. No, no, you use this with really direct questions. Is that the use case? Yeah, yeah. I love using that when some of you may be expecting an agreement to sign with a prospect and for some reason there's a delay or they're not responding or so something's going on but you don't want to be annoying right by the way that phrase is also i learned a long time ago from question-based selling so i'm just making a lot of these things my own it's kind of how i approach this so what i would do by the way this is not just on a call i use that language all the time in an email where i might say hey leslie um I, I trust you guys are still reviewing the agreement uh, since we last spoke. Um, as, I, as I always prefer to be more accurate than optimistic, um, would you be able to help me understand if we're still uh, going to be able to hit the, the date that we agreed upon to receive the agreement back? Uh, or are there some delays that I maybe don't know about uh, looking forward, right? And there's your opt-out added in. Yeah, this is, this is an example, right? Where I might yeah. say, now a lot of your a lot of you on the call might have deal review teams. I, we have deal review teams where I work, so I might say, hey, uh, have a meeting with my deal my deal team on Friday. Uh, I know, I know, I mentioned that. I know you mentioned Leslie that you have to rush to get this through. So I totally understand um, if you need any help. Um, as I always prefer to be more accurate than optimistic. Are we still on target for tomorrow or are, are there um, maybe some obstacles or hesitations that you guys might have? You're always welcome to tell me either way. Even off call, depends on your rapport with the prospects. Yeah. Uh, no, they just come back. They just come back. They, you're getting the truth. Either, no, 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 we're good. I'll get you. Uh, sometimes they apologize. You know what? I'm sorry. I, I, can, I can do that right now. Or sometimes they'll just say the truth. You know what, Charles? I have some unfortunate news. This this happens, and we're not going to be able to get it by Friday. It's going to take us another week. No problem. That's okay. Like it's it's harmless. But you're also asking the questions that you really want to ask at the same time. 
it's so interesting that I think um, like the little changes in, I think a lot of it is, is the words you choose and the tone that you use that you're layering onto it. I want to talk about one other thing that you shared with the humbling disclaimer sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Walk us through this process, what it looks like, what it sounds like. Yeah, I love the humbling disclaimer sandwich. I made it up. This is like when I'm like, my insecurity is like a 10 out of 10. I'm about to ask this question, any question. Okay, I'm just making the question up as we as we speak. So I might say, hey, <clears throat> um, let's, let's say we're early on in the call and I say, um, so Bob, I, I, I'm not really sure kind of how to, how to ask this, how to ask this exactly, but just to provide you with some context, um, you know, I've been in my firm for a couple of years now and, um, usually people at this stage of the call, they usually kind of fall into one of two, uh, camps or buckets, if you will, usually they're at their stage where they say, you know what, Charles, this is the issue that we're looking to solve for. And that's why we had reached out to you. Or they're in the camp where they're like, honestly, we don't even know what you guys do. Um, and that's not a problem we ever thought about. And so I thought it was worth kind of like, we don't know what we don't know. And that's the other camp where they're, that they're in before we start is which, if I may ask, like, which camp do you feel like you're in so that can help guide the conversation? Uh, just want to understand, you know, learn as much as I can about you. So that was like, I used all those four ingredients. It may have been slightly elongated, but that's okay. I used a humbling disclaimer. I shared context about me, about like my experience. I asked what I considered a direct question that I might be afraid to ask. And then I ended it with just want to like understand as much as I can, possibly can about you. And you can even add like, even if this is not a fit. It's just this, this is how you're like layering all these different ingredients, right? It's like a little. Oh, yeah. I'm using these ingredients all the time. Now, somebody wants to ask me, Charles. Is there such a thing as using this too much, like too many humbling disclaimers or too much asking? And this is my answer. I'd rather you do it too much than too little, because the worst case that's going to happen to you if you do it too much is your prospect says, that's okay, you don't have to do, ask me that anymore. Perfect. Done. Right. I'm going to be direct as I possibly want to be. Noted. Personally, get nervous on calls. I'm not, you know, I think it's normal to be nervous. Uh, maybe not all your calls, but definitely different types of, of conversations that may have with prospects, but especially prospects that are hesitant that might have a, a very large wall of resistance, if you will, on the call. This just breaks it down. I love it. Um, if anyone has questions, you can pop them into the Q&A se section at the bottom of your Zoom controls. Charles, can you tell me like what, I know you're you know, maybe a little biased, but what's your favorite part of the course that you put together? Yeah. Um, there's no one specific favorite part, but what I, the reason why I designed the course was it's one thing to like read content, but it's another thing to walk through what's behind the psychology of the content and also what it actually sounds like. Mm. Um, and I think that you know, a lot of people personally will ask me for coaching sessions, but a lot of them, you know, it's don't want to pay that much. Just like a prospect doesn't want to pay that much. That's no different with us. And so they want like all of my uh, thoughts and phraseologies and how I, how I would execute a question uh, with my own voice on a video on all the different types of content. And I address really every single type of scenario 
um, whether that's, um, you know, dealing with tough, tough prospects or, um, there's like a whole listening section on how to listen better. I took go over triggers so that it helps me be present. And one of the other ingredients, and pardon me, Leslie, you're welcome to interrupt me, that I forgot to mention on the one of the seven on the slide before is recapping. Recapping. I love to recap what people said because I forget what people say. I have a terrible memory. And prospects love when you're recapping or paraphrasing. Sounds like you're saying this. Got it. So you're using this, this, and this. Did I, did I get that right or, or, or am I off there? And they see that you're listening. It breaks their entire wall down and makes them lean in because most people... Don't do this. Huge. If you had to pick one of your seven, do you have like a standout superstar that you can't live without? Oof. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I, I, I love inviting the no all the time. Makes me feel, well, you're always welcome to tell me no. You may not be used to hearing that, uh, Leslie, but I always want to make sure that, and, and pardon me if I say it too many times. If you think, you think I'm saying it too many times, you're welcome to just tell me to stop. Just, I love that. Yeah. It makes the rest of the items on that list make me do them even better. Wallace. Wonderful. Yeah. I, again, we have a discount code for Charles's course. We're going to stick that link and the discount code in the chat here. I'm going to drop your LinkedIn too. So if people want to connect with you that way they can. Um, and then Thank you so much for being willing to share some of your strategy and your techniques. Yeah. It was Thank so you great. Much. And by the way, for anybody on the call, if you don't like the course, just tell me you don't like it. And I'll return your money. No big deal. It's okay. I love it. Thank you. I love it. If you are um, looking for ways to step up your cold email, tomorrow's show is with James Buckley and Seth List. They're sharing a bunch of different frameworks for cold email so you can check it out sellbetter.xyz charles thank you again so so much for joining us today thanks everyone for participating and we'll chat with you soon bye everyone bye